Hey, Playmakers, real quick before we get into today's episode, if you're one of those listeners that just cannot wait for that next episode to drop, and if you're over on YouTube and my website binging my content there, I just wanted to say thank you. It means the world to me. But just remember, the free stuff will only get you so far. So if you want my complete proven blueprint for opening a successful and sustainable play cafe or indoor playground business that is profitable from day one, I want to invite you to join me inside my signature course, Play Cafe Academy. Head to the show notes right now to get instant on-demand access to all 12 modules, your detailed pre-launch checklist, your 34-page business plan template, your plug-and-play financial model to help you estimate your startup costs and project your revenue, and everything you need to save time, money, and frustration throughout your entire opening process. For a limited time right now, you'll also get an entire month of free access to Playmaker Society, my invite-only membership created exclusively for Play Cafe Academy students who want to work with me personally to optimize and scale their businesses through coaching, guest experts, legal and operations templates, and plug-and-play resources, plus collaboration with over 220 other owners, plus so much more. Head to the show notes and choose your preferred way to pay in full or over time right now. You'll get more information on the current bonuses. You'll see some success stories of those who have gone before you and exactly what to expect when you join us inside the program. I will see you there. If you're in the play and party business and you want to operate with more ease and joy, all while making the living you dreamed of, I created the Profitable Play Podcast just for you. Join me, your host, Michelle Caruana, for Small But Mighty Tips Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays that will all add up to a big impact on your mindset, your business, and your bottom line. Stick with me to keep the passion and grow the profit in your play or party-based business. Hey, Playmakers, and happy Wednesday. So in today's episode, I wanted to do something a little bit different, and I wanted to take a peek into the future and explore just a few of the exciting innovations and emerging trends that are shaping the indoor playground industry as a whole. And I know this podcast and my content in general typically focuses on the smaller footprint play cafes and spaces that are more geared towards little kids and gross motor, and imaginative play, but I'm seeing some really fun trends happening in the larger spaces and museums, and I expect to see them trickle down to the smaller spaces in the coming years as technology advances and more affordable and versatile options begin to become manufactured and available to us smaller spaces in the marketplace. We've seen this happen plenty of times before where trends start out in the larger museums and spaces, and as we all know, history does tend to repeat itself. And staying ahead of the curve is essential to providing exceptional experiences for children and families alike. So let's dive into some of the fascinating innovations happening in indoor play and discover what the future might hold for your business. And if you've been traveling around and checking out spaces of various sizes and types 
like I have. And if you've seen any other fun or really cool trends that you'd like to share, or if I missed any, please feel free to DM me on Instagram. My profile is linked in the show notes. I would love to hear from you and share what you've seen on this podcast so that we can all learn and grow together in our play-based businesses. And again, before I get into, I think there's eight trends that I'm going to talk about today. I just want to remind you that some of these might seem, again, really out of reach for your budget and the size of your space. But as I alluded to just a minute ago, a lot of times these start really in the bigger spaces and way out of our price range as smaller businesses. But then again, competitors enter the market and the pricing becomes more affordable and there are more options that are geared towards smaller businesses. So again, even if some of these seem a little far out or out of reach for you right now, in a couple years, the landscape might look completely different. And some of the trends that we're going to talk about today are actually becoming a lot more affordable and a lot more versatile and adaptable to smaller businesses literally as we speak. So without further ado, let's dive right in. So the first trend I want to talk about is virtual reality or VR and augmented reality or AR integration. So just imagine children stepping into a virtual world where they can interact with fantastical creatures, explore new environments like a rainforest or outer space, and embark on thrilling adventures all within the walls of your indoor play space. VR and AR technologies are revolutionizing the indoor play experience, offering unprecedented levels of engagement and interactivity. Now, we've seen many museums and, again, larger spaces incorporate VR headsets or AR devices into their spaces that, again, transport children into immersive digital realms within your play space. So this is absolutely perfect for those smaller spaces to make those walls seem a lot more expansive. So for example, a VR-based dinosaur expedition or an AR treasure hunt or deep sea ocean dive that's a lot more safe than the real thing that can combine physical and virtual elements, again, in your play space. We have a place by us called Orion's Landing. I'm going to link it in the show notes. And my family recently checked it out, and my kids, especially my eight-year-old, absolutely loved the amazing VR sets there, and he has not stopped talking about it in the months since we visited. It's still one of his favorite places to go, and it's just something different, right? You can incorporate technology right next to gross motor and fine motor and imaginative play, right? You don't have to only choose one type of play, which we're going to talk about again in just a minute. But there are already companies offering a variety of solutions at varying price points. And one such company is House of Play, which I'm going to link in the show notes. And again, they provide a huge range of VR and AR solutions for all different size businesses. Now, this may not be a great path to go down if your focus is, let's say, babies and toddlers or even preschoolers. But if you're serving the six and up crowd, VR and AR are amazing options to give your customers an out-of-this-world experience, even if you're working with a small space. The second trend I want to talk about is interactive projection mapping. So projection mapping is a cutting edge technology that transforms ordinary surfaces 
into dynamic interactive displays. So imagine the floor of your indoor playground turning into a vibrant ocean with marine life reacting to children's movements. Interactive projection mapping brings play areas to life, allowing children to engage with projected images, play games, and explore enchanting environments all within the walls of your play area, even if it's small. So for instance, a projection-mapped interactive hopscotch game or a mesmerizing light show that reacts to children's touch. And again, this is a really cool way to make the most of a smaller space and be able to constantly rotate and refresh at the activities that children can engage in inside of your space. So one day your floor could be an ocean or the next day it could be a rainforest. This is a really affordable way in the long term to constantly rotate and refresh your space without having to constantly buy new equipment. And this is especially important if you focus on memberships, which is something I talk about a lot on this podcast, because you never want your members getting bored of your space. We've already seen this technology in smaller playgrounds with the Beam Interactive Projector and a few others, but it seems like there are a ton more companies entering the space in the near future. And I know a lot of people were a little bit timid to invest in the Beam, and a lot of people have experienced some bugs with it. But again, just remember, this is pretty new technology, especially, again, for the smaller footprint spaces. So I would say within the next year, there are going to be so many more options available in a more affordable price point, and a lot of these bugs are hopefully going to be worked out. So one of my favorite examples of this is at my local science museum, and I'm going to include some pictures in my blog post for this episode, which I'm going to link in the show notes if you want to see this actually and visualize it. But the Buffalo Science Museum has a really cool sand table that has interactive projection software that basically shows kids the topography of their structure that they're building with the sand and how it might appear on a map. So for example, if they build a mountain with the sand, the top of that mountain turns red and the sides turn yellow. If they build a more level surface with the sand, the sand turns green. And if a child makes a valley, the sand will turn blue to indicate that they built a lake or other water feature. This table alone kept several eight-year-olds occupied for over 30 minutes. I know because I just you know wrapped up my son's uh, field trip there. And this structure always had a crowd around it. And the best part is that the technology can allow the museum to choose a new option to project. So again, they can refresh their space more often and in a way that's more affordable in the long run than continuously buying new structures and equipment. And this table took up a very small amount of space, but again, it really engaged these kids for a long amount of time. All right, trend number three. Sensory engaging elements. So in my opinion, the future of indoor play will really focus on creating sensory rich environments that stimulate children's senses and enhance their play experiences. You can do this by incorporating interactive lighting systems that respond to touch, sound, or emotion, creating an immersive ambiance, really similar to that projection mapping software. You can also integrate soundscapes that provide soothing or simulating audio experience or some play spaces are even pumping scents through their facilities to, again, heighten that sensory experience. You can even use textured surfaces such as tactile walls or flooring to engage children's senses of touch. 
So for example, an interactive wall with LED panels that change colors and texture based on touch, or even a musical play area with interactive sound pods. And if you're looking for a great example of this, the Strong Museum of Play in Rochester, New York, another one of our favorite spaces, they have a ton of these experiences incorporated into their space. And if you're in, you know, if it's within your means to travel to the Strong Museum of Play, I highly recommend it. And I'm going to post some pictures in the blog post of this episode of those structures as well. So again, be sure to head to the show notes and check them out when you're done listening to this episode. All right, trend number four, incorporation of STEM or science, technology, engineering, and math education. So the future of indoor playgrounds will absolutely see a much stronger emphasis on incorporating STEM education into play experiences. We're seeing companies design play areas that encourage children to explore scientific principles, engineering concepts, and mathematical reasoning all through hands-on play. There has been a huge uptick in in support for play-based learning, and I love seeing this play out in the indoor play industry. So for example, building blocks with embedded magnetic technology that teaches engineering principles or interactive screens that provide coding challenges or science exploration stations where children can conduct experiments and learn about the natural world. And we were recently at Universal Studios in the Jurassic World section of the park, and they have a really cool laboratory where kids can conduct experiments and you know, look through binoculars and take x-rays and scan their face onto other, you know, onto dinosaurs and things like that. And that was a really great example. And even toddlers can engage with a lot of this technology. And as you know, I have even more examples of this. So at Explore and More Children's Museum, they have an entire STEM section with a bunch of options for this type of play. And It's sectioned off from the gross motor area to keep these smaller pieces more tidy and organized. And even though this area is focused more towards preschool age and older, they have other things like train tables kind of scattered around so younger siblings can join in on the fun and learning as well. Now, if you listen to my interview with Carrie from Smart Playrooms, you already heard how critical it is for younger children to learn just from observing their older peers. And much of this just comes from the simple concept of parallel play. Even if these young kiddos can't yet grasp the STEM concepts themselves, their little minds are like sponges absorbing everything around them. And I think this is such a cool way to encourage this type of learning through play in early childhood. All right, trend number five, multifunctional spaces. So future indoor play spaces will undoubtedly feature versatile and multifunctional spaces that adapt to different activities and age groups. We're now seeing play areas designed with modular elements or movable partitions and adjustable equipment configurations to cater to varying play experiences. Again, especially as we see a huge increase in prioritization of membership-based play spaces. So for example, an open space that can transform into a mini sports court for active play or a creative corner with movable art stations or a quiet reading nook with comfortable seating. Flexibility and design allows you to cater to a broader range of play preferences and accommodate different events and programs. 
especially for those who focus, again, on memberships and need to keep their space and equipment rotated, I would definitely keep this in mind, whether you're planning your first or second or third or fourth location. And as another another example, a lot of my members in Playmaker Society use Everblock walls to partition their space, which are essentially giant Legos that can form really sturdy walls. And this allows them to reconfigure their entire layout in a more easy, affordable way than knocking down walls would be. And many also have rotating elements like playhouses that change theme each season, like we did with our generic Lilliput play home. You know, one day it was a bakery, one day it was a house, the next time it was an art studio. Or you can incorporate a sensory table that changes its contents and theme every month, like Alara from Project Play in Texas does. All right, that brings us to trend number six, integration of technology and analytics. And with this one, we're getting a little bit outside of the actual play area design, and we're getting into the business behind it. Leveraging technology and data analytics is going to play a crucial role in shaping the future of indoor playgrounds. And as a former corporate data scientist, I could not be more excited for this trend, even in the smaller spaces. Something that I really encourage in my programs is thinking big, even as a small business. So I'm seeing spaces implement sensors, cameras, or RFID systems to collect data on visitor behavior, understand which are the most popular high-traffic spaces within their businesses, and identify peak times in their businesses. These spaces are then utilizing the analytical tools to gain insights into traffic patterns, preferred play areas, and guest demographics. So for example, analyzing data to optimize play area layouts, scheduling staff based on peak visitor times, or personalizing experiences based on individual preferences. Now we did this even as a smaller business with the Facebook Beacon. I don't know if any of you guys were familiar with this. We were part of a pilot program where essentially we installed a sensor at the top of our entry door. And basically it scanned someone's Facebook app when they came in. And it gave us so much information when it came to demographics, what our customers' interests were and things like that. And Facebook or Meta now ended up not really rolling out this program to the masses, but a lot of other companies now are. So again, a lot of these are becoming much more affordable and can be really beneficial, especially if expanding or licensing or franchising is in your plans in the future, because a lot of investors are going to want this you know, scientific data. They're going to want to see proof of who's frequenting these businesses and if it could possibly be able to be replicated in a different space. And they're going to use this data to make more informed decisions. We're also seeing more spaces adapt to technology with things like kiosk check-in and ordering systems, which I've talked about on this podcast and on my YouTube channel. It's one of the main reasons that we switched to using Aluvi as our kind of all-in-one point of sales system because they're really strong in the kiosk uh, portion of the business. And they're also making other technological advances to streamline and automate their marketing, scheduling, bookkeeping, customer service, and more. This is a topic that's going to be covered really heavily by both myself and guest experts coming up inside my Playmaker Society memberships in the coming months. We're already talking so much about AI and 
things like that and chat GPT. So if you're a member, stay tuned. There are even more exciting things coming. And if you're not yet a member, you can learn more and sign up in the show notes of this episode. We would absolutely love to welcome you. But what it all boils down to is this. Data-driven insights empower you to make more informed decisions, enhance operations, and provide tailored experiences for your guests. And this all leads to greater revenue, more opportunities to expand, and a greater chance that you'll be able to make the living that you dream of, all while living the balanced and present lifestyle with your family that you likely desire. All right, trend number seven, we're back to the play area now, and this is an emphasis on health and well-being. So with growing awareness of health and well-being, future indoor playgrounds are definitely going to prioritize this in their spaces. So you can engage with this trend by incorporating fitness-oriented play equipment, interactive games that encourage movement, like we were talking about with the Beam software and let's say the interactive hopscotch game on the floor or something similar like that as well as educational programs on nutrition and wellness. So for instance, incorporating climbing walls, active play structures with interactive fitness challenges, or or hosting health-focused workshops and classes. So at the Explore and More Children's Museum, for example, which I also featured on my YouTube channel, I gave a full tour of the space, including what I'm about to talk about, and I will also link it in the blog for this episode. There was a semicircle of exercise bikes, including one for people in wheelchairs who were unable to pedal. So that one had hand pedals, which I thought was a really great inclusive option. So there was a semicircle of these exercise bikes that adults or children could ride on. And it basically collectively used their efforts to light up a series of light bulbs. So this combined well-being with some of the other elements that we've talked about in this episode, such as STEM principles. They also had an entire floor dedicated to healthy food choices, exploring life on an organic farm, and more. So creating a holistic approach to play that combines fun and health-conscious activities It will attract families seeking that well-rounded experience for their kiddos, all while keeping your business priorities on trend with the industry. All right, trend number eight, and this is probably my favorite one, and this is going to come as no surprise to anyone, since you guys all probably know that I have a child with special needs, but this trend is all about accessibility and inclusivity. I have an entire episode series on accessibility, as well as an advanced training on inclusion in my Playmaker Society program. But I absolutely love how spaces are prioritizing universal design right now and will hopefully continue to do so indefinitely. And if you've never heard of the concept of universal design, I want to share this definition with you. Universal design is the design and composition of an environment so that it can be accessed, understood, and used to the greatest extent possible by all people, regardless of their age, size, ability, or disability. An environment or any building, product, or service in that environment should be designed to meet the needs of all people who wish to use it. This is not a special requirement for the benefit of only a minority of the population. It is a fundamental condition of good design. If an environment is accessible, usable, convenient, and a pleasure to use, everyone benefits. By considering the the diverse needs and abilities 
of all throughout the design process, universal design creates products, services, and environments that meet people's needs. Simply put, universal design is good design. So I absolutely love that quote. And that is from universaldesign.ie, which is the Center for Excellence in Universal Design. So improving accessibility within indoor playgrounds is so crucial to ensuring that children of all abilities can fully enjoy and engage in play. And some of my favorite quotes about universal design, if you're unfamiliar with the concept and, you know, the definition I gave isn't really clicking, here are some of my favorite quotes. Number one, diversity is a fact. Equity is a choice. Inclusion is an action and belonging is the outcome. And that one is by Arthur Chan. And I absolutely love that quote. I wish it was printed on a t-shirt. If someone does that, I will absolutely buy it. The next one I love is from Christina Mallon, the head of Microsoft's inclusive design team. And her quote is, if you design for the extremes, you also include the middle. So many people assume that only spaces that specifically cater to people with disabilities need or should consider accessibility, but really the exact opposite should be true. We should be designing all spaces to be inclusive, and that does not detract or take away anything from those who are not disabled. If anything, it enhances their experience and helps to develop a deeper understanding and compassion for the diversity, which, as Arthur Chan pointed out, will always exist in our world. There are several ways that indoor playgrounds can enhance the accessibility in their space, which again is very on trend right now, which I absolutely love. And I did include some examples in the blog post for this episode. So first, they can provide ramped entrances or elevators to ensure that children using wheelchairs or strollers can easily access all areas of the facility. Additionally, incorporating sensory-friendly spaces and calming areas allows children with sensory sensitivities or conditions like autism to have a comfortable retreat when they need a break. And I'm going to link to my multi-part free podcast series about better accommodating autistic children and adults in the show notes as well, if you'd like to dig way deeper into that topic in particular. But offering inclusive play equipment, such as accessible swings or interactive elements at different heights, ensures that children with mobility challenges can actively participate with their peers. And it's as simple as replacing one bike that has pedals with one that has hand pedals instead of foot pedals. Someone with able legs can still utilize the hand pedals, which again comes back to the concept of universal design. You're not taking away anything by replacing one of those bikes and making it more accessible. Also, clear pathways and ample spacing between play structures and in your bathrooms creates an environment that is easy to navigate for individuals with mobility aids. By implementing these accessibility measures, indoor playgrounds can create an inclusive and welcoming environment that allows children of all abilities to play, learn, and thrive together. And I really don't even like calling that one a trend because it should never be a trend. It should be something that all businesses do, again, indefinitely into the future. So to wrap this one up, the future of indoor playgrounds is filled with exciting innovations and emerging trends that are already happening in these larger spaces that are absolutely transforming the way children play and learn. And I can't wait to see them trickle down and become more accessible and more affordable to smaller spaces like ours. 
from virtual reality and interactive projection mapping to STEM education and multifunctional accessible spaces, staying ahead of these developments is essential to providing exceptional experiences for your visitors and customers. So embrace the opportunities that technology, creativity, and education present and create a future-proof indoor playground that captivates and inspires children for years to come and makes a true impact on your community and your own family. All right, I hope you enjoyed this episode. And again, if there are any trends that I missed or if you have any recommendations or some really cool things that you've seen at indoor play spaces that you think are gonna be the next trend, please DM me on Instagram. I'd love to hear from you. As always, I'm open to doing a part two to this if I missed any or if I get any really interesting DMs or if I see anything new as I'm traveling all this summer visiting play spaces around the country. Your play of the day is, again, do some research into some of these trends and see if you can incorporate any of them either now or in the future. All right, have a great day. Thank you.